the tying run comes to the plate in the person of J.D. Martinez who was fouled out to the catcher and struck out. Chance to cut into the lead even more and he swings and drives one to right center field deep. Back goes Judge to the bullpen wall. Gone! Tie game! Can you believe it? J.D. Martinez hitting a shot into the bullpen out where the catcher stands and the Red Sox pen. All right, here we go, folks. Welcome to Sportsbook Radio from the Brian Blessing Studio in Las Vegas. Brought to you by Station Casinos and the mighty STN app. That's Chris Johnson finding a terrific highlight last night when J.D. Martinez hits a home run. His first home run at home in 43 at-bats, which was a... It was so good. I mean, you could hear it loud in my house because I had the the Sox with the plus money last night. And the Red Sox had to come back from... Four-run deficits twice, and I think the Yankees have only given up one four-run deficit this whole entire year. So that was, it, you know, listen, you can say what you want about nine-hour games. It was intense. It was what baseball it is all about. And I just find myself, and maybe it's because the NHL is over and maybe I'm just diving deeper into Major League Baseball right now, but I just find this like outside of my personal team, baseball is just getting better and better by the day. And of course, the Braves and the uh, New York Mets start a series tonight that could be determine who's going to be in first place at the All Star break. But uh, fantastic last night. Good for the Red Sox. Well, I mean, you know, split get a split against the Yankees. And in reality, and we'll get into this a little bit more because there was a lot going on in that game. But the reality is, the Yankees go to Fenway. They split by winning the first two. That's really all they need to do. And yeah. that's all they really cared about doing. Uh, the, their lead is, there's no threat to their league, no lead in the from. American League East. But what it does do, it gives Boston even a little bit more confidence. Because even though they're likely not going to win the American League East, they're they're knee deep into it in the wild card. And they're like, we can we can split a series with the with the Yankees. We can split a series with the Yankees, and that's a that's a big thing to say. A lot of errors, a lot oh, of yeah. a lot of. Oh, I mean, yeah. uh, Lemayhu. Oh, that was horrible. My goodness, I mean, <laughs> but that's not yeah. his fault in in both cases. Those are hard. A, a judge should have for sure called him off. I I mean. A lot of crazy things happened in that game, and it was it was entertaining. It's exactly what you want your your, your four o'clock ESPN game to be, and I just think baseball is getting better and better. So, Chris Johnson, I'm Dana Lane. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Uh, I already asked you how your weekend was. Yeah, <laughs> this wasn't great. Nope, pretty bad, <laughs> pretty bad weekend. You know, one of those ones. I was wondering as I was thinking about questions to potentially just peel the onion with you and your college life is there a myth about college and you you still go to unlv mm-hmm. is there a myth about college that is not true oh. is there something that people think but on unlv at least on that campus it's, it's not just not true. true um basically one of the main ones that i remember kind of going into it was that like you like oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna go to like it's like almost every weekend there's gonna be a massive party this and that yeah, right yeah it's not arizona state never it's like never that's never happening like, unless it's like it's like it's like a quiet it's a quiet one it's like in like it's like in two dorm rooms and that's about it and then like it's that's all that comes out of it like i don't i haven't seen any like crazy ones most of them just go to the club because they could turn they turn 21 they go to the club and go do that instead so like you don't really see too many parties around the dorms or in like houses by the dorms it's just kind of like and parties don't really really happen too much a lot of people are just too stressed about what's going on in the school year so like they don't really care they're more just like i'm studying dude i don't have time for this that's interesting so, you say that because it's one of the funny ones i i it was years ago when Lon Kruger was still the head coach of UNLV. Went on a road trip with the team up to Oregon and see them play um, Oregon State, the Beavers. And I remember thinking, and I was, you know, a lot younger at the time, or younger at the time. And I thought, man, I'm really going to see, you know, we go, you know, these college kids are going to go crazy, you know, yep. on the road. No, <laughs> it's going to be nuts. 
And I remember walking up and down the aisle. And first of all, the Lon Kruger was absolutely the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. It was oh, it's yeah. been terrific to my family and always nice. And even when he didn't know my family, he acted like he did. And I remember Joe Darger was on the team at that point, and I'm walking up and down the aisle, or not just up and down, just once, you know, and then back. Um, and I remember looking at these kids, and I'm thinking, they, they're, they've got their nose in a book. Like, they're doing their homework. It, it's insane. I'm like, this is great. I'm glad to see it, but this is not what I thought. A lot of college kids are a lot more... Uh... To say, to say the least, they're, they're a lot more focused on studies than they are um, anything else. Yeah. That's great and to hear. It's, it's, it's great to see and stuff. And, you know, it's as someone's part of that generation, it takes a little bit of pride for that to be like, yeah, we're not those kids that are just like, yeah, we're going to go, you know, shotgun eight beers and we're going to jump off that like roofs into, 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 into a pool. pool. Yeah. So it's like, nothing like really, <laughs> that doesn't really happen too much anymore. It's just kind of like when you see it, all of us kind of go, oh, that's dumb. okay so i have i have a theory about that as to why that is and the theory is i think today at least and i don't know how far back it's gone but i think it's more difficult for a kid to get to college today than maybe it's ever been 100 and and maybe maybe my thought is along the same lines of yours but i think i used to think oh the most difficult time of your life is when you're by yourself, you don't have that safety net of your family in college anymore. And if you can get through that, you'll be fine. But I have changed that in, in because with two kids in high school and one on the way, not on the way, but on the way to high school, I have seen how difficult that part of their life is now. Even when you have complete stability, you have... No, you don't have any examples at home that would, you know, force you to go into a bad direction. And still, if they're able to overcome that and get accepted into a university, I think the kids that are able to do that, I look at the kids on the UNLV hockey team, and they're all great kids. How every one of them, how, how they are able to maintain such a high um, GPA and still be able to do what they do. Is is beyond me because right. I've I've talked to a few of them. I know what some of them are around aroundish, where their GPA is, and I'm like, dude, that's insane. Because like for me, I'll I'll just say it right now. I'm at a 2.8 cumulative GPA, and it is harder than people think. Like when you hear 2.8, you're like, ah, it's okay. It's around the middle of the pack, you know. No, I know people that are below twos. That are struggling because college is that hard. Like if you're if you're past two point five, in my opinion, you are doing amazing. And if you are if you are two point seven five, you're doing great. I don't think people give or understand, or or I guess go back to give UNLV the credit from an education standpoint that they should. Because where this school is right now versus the where they 10. were 20 years ago, I mean, we know about the hospitality, but everything else that they have offered, and I uh, go back again to a story about UNLV hockey. There was a kid on the team, Corey Grohl, who was an absolute monster on the ice, a kid you would never want to lose. But he was in the dentistry, uh, dentistry school at UNLV, and he had to do a residency or an internship and they said, hey, you have to choose. You can't play hockey and do our, uh, do our, uh, our program. And he you know, had to leave the team. Yeah. That's some – I mean, they would – in most universities, they would find a way. Oh, yeah. There, like, there was no, no, there was no. no joke over there. And they, they – I mean, I've, t- I've talked to people in various uh, – getting various degrees and not just, you know, hey, look, it's not just – dentistry that's a problem i've talked to people getting various degrees over there and them telling me about the difficulty and how hard the teachers are and it is there's no joke over there and when you get a when you get a diploma it's because you've earned it oh yeah like the thing is is that here our um our robotics our robotics uh school is like top 10 top five in the nation our 
our medical schools around the top 10. Our, like All of our schools are around top 20, top 10 almost in the nation besides, I think, journalism. Which is weird because that's the one I'm in, but like, still, like, it's a like we have the most advanced gear out of everybody else. Like, there's are no you, one, um, there's no you, one near us. Are you holding it down? Yeah, I like it. I like. No, it no, no. I mean, are you the reason why it's not top ten? Ah, uh, maybe. I mean, might be. If, might be me. If they got rid of, I their think it's a I fourth it's a, line winger. I think it's a lot of people that are just uh, like a few people I know that are in journalism right now. I'm not going to say things about them at all, but like, just like they're they're not they're struggling to get to a 2.0 in that. So like they're almost getting kicked out of the school. I mean, how? And like and like the thing is that if you have a C. Like, like the thing is, all the other schools, you can have a D plus and pass. And in the journal, in the JMS school, Greenspun, if you have a C, and it's a JMS course, you might not even get the credit for it. They're like, no, you have to have a C plus or higher to pass this class. So it's even harder to get through the journalism school than it is to get through any other school besides like the crazy like med school robotics and like you know stuff like that that's like the high 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 ends if you're talking about just the general like everyone type of courses like business or journalism or um, psychology stuff like that it's journalism is way ahead of everybody else in that i always look for these incredible stories from you over the weekend and i'm glad i don't get them in some (laughs) ways I, i feel like i have more going on <laughs> but i'm glad you probably and, do <laughs> and i and i'm well i mean look i take things and i exploit them for the sake of a story but i'm glad that that's the way it is and yeah. i have and i'll back you up and we'll get to sports in a second but i'll back you up on a, on a medical school because i know two people going through that and it is insane i know a few what they put you through i know a few and my and my friends are going through law school right now Whoa! How they're able to do what they're doing is beyond me. I don't get it. I don't get it. I tr- I've tried to sit there and like listen to what some of the stuff they're trying to tell me. They don't make any sense. And they're like, "Yeah, no, we have to do this." And I have a four, and and like they'll get upset with having an A minus, which is a which is like a three point eight GPA. They're like, "Oh, I got an A minus. That dropped my GPA to three point nine nine nine." I'm like, "Dude, I'm over here with the two point eight going." Man, I'm happy with this. And they're upset with the 3.999. Like they're beyond they're like they're like mini geniuses. All the friends that I had there go to law school. They're yeah. like, they're insane. Some of the medical school ones, they're just they they put they put themselves through so much and I got to give them so much credit for it. Well, I'm glad that's happening over there. Uh show rundown today Mark Anderson from the RJ will join us in the second eh, about 15 minutes or so and then on Vegas Hockey Hotline we're going to extend Sportsbook Radio just a little bit so we can talk to Scott Braun from the Major League Baseball Network. Scott also worked with uh, the NHL Network but currently just focused on baseball. I want to make sure we get Scott on so we'll have him on first segment of the second hour then Robbie Stanley will uh, join us. He covers the Predators for 102.5 the game in Nashville and we'll talk about Philip Forsberg and where Nashville's going because that's a team that certainly can say hey look don't forget us uh they talked about we're not in a rebuild we're just in a reload and that's exactly what it looks like from them so uh we'll get to something that you love uh the nba summer league is off and running of course at Mm -hmm. the thomas and mac and the cox pavilion it's going to run the 7th through the 17th so that's next sunday i believe six games today started at start at uh, three o'clock when the pelicans tip off against the hawks just and I don't know if you've had a chance to watch this. I mean, I've been knee deep in, in baseball all all weekend long. Uh, Bang, uh, Bancaro from Duke, he's played two games, 30 minutes a game, 20, 20 points a game, shooting just 40%, which, again, I'm not these, – these, these things, the NBA Summer League, uh, preseason, exhibition baseball, all that stuff does not – sway me in any way shape or form and i guess you want you can say well you want him to do well in a summer league environment against guys that he should do well against yeah and and i understand and i understand that i don't think they're i don't expect him to be whatever he is coming out of the nba summer league i'm not too worried about it Mm -hmm. he's already got an nba body hasn't even he just started his path out of all the players, I think he's the one that I don't really care too much about what's going to happen in the summer league. 
I think the other players, I'm more interested in seeing what they're going to do in the summer league because I want to see like, oh, can they handle it? Because I know Boncaro is going to be able to handle it. Like I don't, I have no doubt in my mind that Boncaro, when he decides to legitimately play for a regular season and starts getting those games under his belt, going, okay, this is the regular season, of the NBA. This isn't, this isn't stuff I can just play around with. Or it doesn't matter. Like, let's be honest. The summer league doesn't matter. He's not. He's not trying his hardest. Well, it matters There's, to you know, some. To some, but and, like, and I think it. I think these guys are. I mean, you don't want to be the guy that has a bad first impression, and of oh, course, yeah, he's no. no, it's twenty twenty points a game. Uh, they'll play OKC tonight, six o'clock on ESPN, and of course at the bon Thomas Holmgren. Thomas and, uh, Thomas and Mac. His mom, Rhonda, was a two thousand WNBA draft pick, a third round draft pick by so. Sacramento. I think it was a Monarchs or something like that. That you know, defunct team, of course. I think she played handful of games, maybe maybe ten games for them. So he's got a he's got a basketball lineage for sure. Oh yeah. I just my my only thing about a guy that's already two hundred and fifty pounds is you can go two ways. You can work hard and be a dominant player. Or you could not work as hard as you did to get there. And still be a good player. Or not. Yeah. That's my only... When you're, when you're already that size, you don't want... You want to stay in that, in that realm. You want to stay in that 240 to 260-ish range. You don't want to go any, any more than that. Nope, That's my only concern with somebody that 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 has already have that type of body. Um, I will say, and I try to go a little bit deeper. You have a guy like David Duke Jr. who played for Brooklyn last year, comes out of Providence two years ago, ex- been extremely impressive uh, for the Nets. Mm-hmm. And these are the guys that I think the Summer League does the most for. He's averaging over 20 points a game, only two games. But we remember last year, played, oh, played what, uh, 22 games for the Nets, averaged them at five points a game. These are the guys that I think this summer league really helps. And he had, of course, he had 21 points yesterday in their seven point win over the Knicks. So I, I, I try, yes, I'm more than happy to see these top draft picks. But I also want to see these guys that already have played in the league, have gotten a cup of coffee, have made some sort of a small impact, and now this is just the evolution into who they are uh, as a player. So just a, just a couple names. Uh, I had a friend of mine watch David Duke and said he looked impressive. And I like to get a, a little bit below the surface because I think that those are the guys that are out there working hard and trying hard and really need to be impressive in the summer league. You know who also has been a really great uh, show to watch and has been dominant and showed that that Chet Holmgren needs to work on his size a lot more than he thinks he does? It's Kenny Lofton Jr. Kenny Lofton Jr. He wants Chet to work on his size? He's made Chet look bad. Grow bigger. Kenny Kenny Lofton is 6'6", 280. But he plays power forward, and he plays a lot like Charles Barkley. And he bullied everyone in Utah to a point to where it wasn't even fair. Like, I was like, oh, every time he got the ball in his hands, it was like a highlight. And like, the, and he's on the Grizzlies, so the Grizzlies got richer, and he's undrafted. He wasn't even a drafted player. He was an undrafted player, came into the Summer League, and has been dominating anyone he plays against. So I'm really excited. He's from Louisiana. Great pickup. He's only 19 years old. So I think he's going to be a great force to see in the future. I think especially when he when you're playing as number one, number two overall pick in the draft, and you're bullying him the whole way through, like he's like he's like he's like two or five years younger than you, like he's just like a little kid, and you're like you've been in the league for like ten years. So you watch. It's not even fair. You watch the bullying yeah. going on. Yeah, like you you felt like oh, this is a mismatch. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I was watching a seven foot one Chet Holmgren go against a six foot six player, I thought Chet Holmgren was in the was just getting mismatched the whole time. Like the dude posted him up, Chet couldn't do anything. He fouled him every time he tried to go up for a, for a shot, 
Like, it just showed that anybody with size is going to have their way with him. Anybody that's physical well, is going to have their way with him. Until, until he, he gets, gets in the weight room. I mean, yeah. he hasn't... They haven't even started. Oh, no, but, like, it just it proves, though, that what everyone's kind of been saying. Like, hey, if you don't bulk up, you're not going to be able to survive that long in the paint. You're going to have to pay a small forward position. Major League Baseball all-star rosters were, there, were announced, and Shohei Otani was named as a pitcher and a hitter. Uh, of course, William Contreras and Wilson Contreras will start for the National League. And Listen, I've said this on social media the other day. Because I couldn't come up with a better answer. Shohei Otani is the best player I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, is he hitting 300? No. Look around the league. Who is? But his ability to be impactful at the plate and on the mound is so crazy. Who else? <laughs> Who else can do? Who else does that? Nobody. 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 And everyone wants somebody like that so bad now because they're like, I can't. We're gonna lose more if they if the Angels could build around that team somehow. When you <laughs> have to go back to Babe Ruth for comparisons, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. This is the best player that I've seen in my lifetime. Um, Clayton Kershaw is gonna make his ninth All Star team. First since 2019, he was a Major League Baseball selection. He was, uh, of course, the pitchers were not voted in. Uh, Bryce Harper won the fan vote to start the game at DH, uh, but, of course, he's injured, so uh, William will join Chicago Cubs catcher Wilson Contreras in the lineup. Uh, it's the first time two brothers will start the All-Star game since Roberto Alomar and Sandy Alomar did in 1992. And, of course, the Yankees led the way with six all-star selections while the Astros had five including Justin Verlander who missed all of last season after he underwent Tommy John surgery so good for Justin uh, Cardinals third baseman Nolan Arenado who joins uh, Paul Goldschmidt as a seven-time selection as well Garrett Cole will make his fifth all-star team and Josh Hader is on his fourth and I don't I love the all-star game I will never I'll never say never. I will never have money on this. It's yeah, just no, no. It, it's or any real money. Maybe something to do because it's been maybe like two bucks. It's three days. But what's great? Well, maybe you go a little more. But um, you're still you're still school. No, nope, you're still not. in that realm of school bookie. No, no, two bucks it, under man. the cushions. Two bucks. I'm not doing it. There is a debate, and we'll talk about this a little bit later with with Scott Braun. There's a debate about who should start the All-Star game for the National League. And they talked about this the other day on the MLB Network about how uh, uh, Harrison... uh, They talked about how they thought, because it's an All-Star game, that Clayton Kershaw should start the game. And then... You also have Alcantara, who is not arguably, everybody thinks he's the best pitcher in baseball. And now I'm sitting here thinking, well, what does Tony Gosselin have to do? <laughs> he's 11 and 0. He's 11 and 0. He's got the best ERA in baseball. What does he have to do to start, to start an all star game in his stadium? I understand Wait. completely. <laughs> That this is an all-star game. I understand, and that's why this year the commissioner has the ability to pick two guys. That's why Albert Pujols is going to the all-star game. Not because of his great numbers this year. It's because of his legacy. Major League Baseball can pick two guys to go to the all-star game because of their legacy. But I don't think Clayton Kershaw, who doesn't have half the wins as Gonsolin has, should get the start. It's a nice story. But, I don't know. The All-Star game was always a game where you earned your way on because of what you did the first half of the season. And the best of the best should be able to play. And the best of the best should play. Now, I know half of you are saying, well, it's an exhibition. Who, who, what does it matter? I understand. Okay, Magic Johnson fans, I get it. 
I just, I think you're right. But then on the other hand, the other half of my brain says, well, why am I taking some, why am I taking away from somebody who clearly deserves it? And this is the struggle that I have with the All-Star game and who starts and who doesn't. And every All-Star game, in my opinion, it's the same thing, too. Like, NBA, you have players who are like, oh, that guy started, I don't really agree with that one. Like, I didn't, I didn't think Andrew Wiggins should have started this year, but he did. But, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Golden Knights start their developmental camp today with sessions at 2.15, 4.15 at CNA. Uh, first time since 2019 that evaluation camp has been held. Of course, it's a chance to see Brenda Brisson, who is, you know, their number one prospect for sure. Uh, we had eight points in seven games for the Silver Knights last year. So get done to CNA. That's open to the public all this week. And, of course, they're going to have uh, scrimmages at the end of the week. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Mark Anderson from the Las Vegas Review-Journal will join us. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. All right, welcome back to Sportsbook Radio. 
What is it? Is this Dolly Parton like on uh, Fast Forward? Actually, no. It's um, it's this guy called Vano Three Thousand. This guy. He has he has a uh, he has a song. It's a lot. This is a sped up version of that song. But this is what Adult Swim uses for their breaks for, for like their like their okay. own personal breaks, which I love. Okay. This is my two thousands. Oh, Adult Swim. Yeah. So transitioning over to Dragon Ball song for me. <laughs> That's what I love. Dragon Ball transition. Yeah. Yeah, no, Never right. would I have thought that that would come up on the show. Yeah. Um, a couple quick, quick notes, uh, NHL notes. David Krejci is in Boston. Apparently, he is on the verge of signing a one-year deal with the Bruins. They're going to run it back one more year. That's the way it looks in Boston. And then, of course, Tim Peel, who we, the former referee we've had on the show uh, before, had reported on his Twitter account that he is hearing that the Edmonton Oilers are going to offer Evander Kane a four-year deal uh, that would be good and about about four and a half million that's what he's reporting and then this story that just came up about an hour ago the, the, the concession workers at dodger stadium are threatening to strike you know of course this is likely about money so oh yeah jeez, <laughs> I mean, they deserve to get paid <laughs> sure no everybody make sure everybody they said i'm part of the dodgers i need a gets contract what they think they deserve <laughs> All right. Uh, we appreciate you joining us on Sportsbook Radio from the Brian Blessing Studio, brought to you by Station Casinos and the STN app. That's Chris Johnson guiding the ship. I'm Dana Lane. Thanks for joining us. And I, I wanted to get into uh, the umpiring in Major League Baseball uh, again this weekend. There was, I, I, And I'm torn on how I'm supposed to think about this. And I want to make sure that I'm being fair because I'm not a guy that I, I don't want to get on the umpires. I don't want to get off on the umpires just because – you know, I, I money's going one way in my pocket or another, but I want to be fair in my assessment with the umpires. So let's bring in longtime sports writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal, Mark Anderson. And Mark, I know Angel Hernandez is getting it again this weekend uh, from his call in <laughs> Texas. Uh, the the Texas Twin Series called a ball foul, which was clearly fair. And and even to go to that ESPN game with Trip Gibson last night, who lost it in the seventh inning. He was calling a good game up until that point, uh, and then Stanton came to the bat, and he completely lost uh, sight of the strike zone. But are, are these guys, Mark, in a no-win situation now with pitch tracking? And it, there's no other sport where the officials are are closer are closely scrutinized like in baseball. I mean, they get these these statistical analysis about how good they are. I, is it a little unfair to just uh, be on them every single time a pitch is you know, two inches outside of the, the box on the screen? Uh, I don't think people – I think people assume that their umpire is going to miss an occasional ball strike. I think the bigger concern is when it's consistent, you know. Um, and, and that's and, – and, and, you know, I, I, I will admit that I watch a game and I'll see a pitch – call a strike or a ball that shouldn't be and like what are you doing but you know really if if i think you need to look at more the big picture and if if and just assume an umpire is going to miss a handful of ball strikes every game because it's just it's just such a hard call to to make and um um but you know the question is how many does he miss and and then when it becomes you know he's missing one out of every 10 or something then that's a real problem that's a real problem because in baseball, they consider a poor performance in that 93% range. They really want you up in that 97, 98 range. Uh, you know, but at the same time, and I don't know what your rule is because, again, trying to be fair watching these games, if the ball is even ticking, if it even touches the outside uh, of that square that's on the screen that we all know so well, I'm saying, okay, that's a judgment call. I'm not going to get upset about that. Even if they miss one that's outside of the strike zone, where, and like you said, where I get a little bit upset is with the same batter. And I go back to that Stanton at bat last night. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it was clearly, I mean, it was just really bad as far as calling balls and strikes from an umpire that is well-respected, even by the players on the field. Uh, but Boone was certainly not happy with the calls. And that's, you know, for me, hey, look, I wanted Boston, went for me that time. But if I was, if, if I was on the other side, I would be falling off my couch because it was so bad. Yeah, and I think you're going to see – uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be a move to robot ump so you don't see him behind the plate. 
I think you're going to see where you you have in the minor leagues right now, where an umpire, the home plate umpire has an earpiece, and he's getting he's getting the uh, the information over where it's a ball strike, and he's and, and so it looks like he's still making the call, but he's being told what the call is. I think that's probably where it's headed. I, I can I, although I can see another option where an, um, a team is allowed five ball strike challenges a game, something like that. Uh, where you can know right away, it's not you don't have to wait. It's not a two-minute review. It's just right away you know, and and I could see something like that too. Um, um, but I do think you're going to go to some form of of automated calls, whether it's a full time or or a challenge system, um, because I think I think there's just too much momentum that way. And and Major League Baseball's grading is 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 pretty. Is pretty liberal actually because they will give you. I think it's like two inches off the plate. Um, if it, they'll give the umpire the benefit of the doubt on that, which I don't know that I have a horrible problem with. Speak as you pointed out early earlier. It's just those kind of pitches or judgment calls anyway. A lot of times you think about it, you get these nasty sliders and uh, coming through there uh, at 98 miles an hour, and it's hard to know did it actually cross the plate or not. <laughs> you know, so uh, that that's. That's that's uh, the, I I think it's a really tough job, and I I I can imagine umpires are probably against the use of use of uh, technology in this regard. But I would think I would I think I'd rather have it because uh, it saves you a lot of hassle down the road. I mean, I would rather have it too. I just don't want anybody losing their jobs, and I, I don't want a a day where the umpires are not on the field at all because we're just everything is is automated or robotic i i don't know if we'll ever get to that point but i just also wonder okay if you have these tools at your disposal and you know how good the umpires are or are not when you're talking about an angel hernandez when you're talking about a hunter wendell step when you're talking about ron culpa i mean guys that have not been great behind the plate this year is it almost time to say okay guys i mean we need you to have some either take a step back for a second or do do we need to just say, uh, you know, it, it, we'll work on this as we go along because these guys are still getting scheduled to work games. Yeah, I mean, you know, they did try to get rid of Angel Hernandez several years ago, right? And he he, he threatened to sue them, and I would have, I would have let him sue. Him. I mean, because you, you have plenty of evidence about why he's been so bad at his job. Uh, so I don't know why they they capitulated like that because. Uh, I I think they would have had a good chance in court, hold it, you know. He, um, but I also don't know what the what the um, CBA reads between the between the Major League Baseball and the umpires. You neither. There may be it may be there may be some language that they knew about that they couldn't win. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I I do think you need to find a way to get bad umpires off the field and. You know, my major problem with Angel Hernandez isn't so much he's just bad. It's just he's so arrogant about it too. Um, you know, and, and it's just, it just, I don't know. It just sits, sits it just sits badly with me. And uh, so that's why when I see him making a method, another bad play on Twitter, I tend to retweet it more than other umpires <laughs> because it's like, well, he kind of has it coming to him. <laughs> do you ever, um, do you ever foresee? I mean, in all fairness, and. I, I try to look at it objectively. I mean, in the in the Twins Rangers game where he made that, you know, bad call. I mean, he wasn't in good position. Number one, I, I think if we saw a camera uh, from the opposite angle down the third baseline, he was not in good position. But I guess the problem with me comes is well, if the ball was, if you just missed it going foul, that's fine. But when it went foul. It was clearly beyond the third base bag, so you know it had to go. You it had to be fair once it crossed the bag, and I think it when you're, it's not a a judgment call at that point. It's a hey, you've got plenty of experience at this point. You should have known that, and that's where I have the problem yeah. of letting go of a call like that. No, that's the thing. It, it was it was fair. Uh, by third base, and that makes it fair no matter where it lands. But even if you look where it lands, it, it still was fair on the <laughs> yes. top line. <laughs> you know? Yes. So uh, yeah, so I mean that alone should have told him. I mean, I remember the famous John McEnroe argument in Wilma many years ago, where he he's yelling at the at the chair umpire saying chalk flew up. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> so I mean, you you can see the chalk. Um, so that it just you know that's that's what's what's bothers me. And I agree with you. Poppy was out of out of position, and which caused him not to get a great look at it. I wonder if there will ever be a day, and I never have got some sort of an answer on this, but. I always kind of felt like, hey, look, the players and the coaches and even, you know, the GM at times, they, they all have to s- sit up there at the podium at some point and talk about their decisions, about what they did and didn't do. And I just wondered if there would be a day where you would have a representative, perhaps a crew chief off of, a, uh, of an umpiring crew, if he's requested to be, uh, you know, questioned by the media, that they would have the opportunity to, to do that rather than to just go into the tunnel and go on their way. Well, you do have, um, you do have a pool reporter who's allowed to go ask the crew chief why certain calls were made. I think I think those are just for. Um, I don't think it's it's why did you suck tonight. I think I think it has to be a question of um, what was the reason process. What right exactly? It has to be something like that. Uh, so you have you do have that in in pro sports, not just baseball. You have it in in, in other pro sports too. Um, but you don't. But I don't think you'll ever see uh, an, a, an umpire or a game official. Uh, doing an East Conference. I just don't think you'll ever see that because in pro sports and college sports, uh, those guys are pretty well protected. I remember all these years covering the Mountain West and, you know, they won't even talk about uh, any anything to do with officiating. Uh, and so it's, you know, I, I, I just, I just don't, I don't see that changing. It'd be nice if it did. I can I can see in one way that you don't want an umpire to be grilled about I understand. you know yep. why why you missed strike you know strike two in, in the in the in the fourth fifth inning or something like that, but for the major calls you know uh, a bang bang play at the plate or something that decides the game, uh, you know you could ask I, I don't see why you can't ask the umpire you know from your position how did you see it and 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 how did that lead to the call you made. Uh, I, I can see that, or, or you know, you have a rule. You know, you get these weird rules every once in a while in all sports, particularly in baseball. It seems, you know, you get because every stadium has its own ground rules. Uh, you can, you can. It would make sense to say, hey, and you know, um, had how was had to, you know, why was the rule interpreted this way? I could, I could see that. But we don't. And I don't mean to sit there and grill them about balls and strikes. That would be ridiculous. But. With the fact that there is replay now, and you know, it, sometimes it's not cut and dry. I mean, maybe there are some plays that, and it's and it's not. You know, look if, it, if a crew chief sits there and has to discuss why when they went to replay, why you know what was the conversation about? Why did they arrive at what they thought, uh, or you know what they play eventually, what the end result was. I mean, those are conversations that they could certainly have, and not really have the the pressure on them because it happened in New York. Well, that's the thing; they're not the ones making the call and replays, and and I don't see why, unless it's you know clear. Like for example, a guy is called out at first and he's safe. You know, that's you don't need an explanation on that. But I can, but there probably are times that New York should issue a statement saying, "Hey, uh, this is why we either overturned the call or upheld the call." Uh, based on this rule and, and this observation, and then you can know, you leave it up to everyone else whether they agree or not with it. Talking to Mark Anderson, longtime sports writer for the RJ. And Mark, I want to jump over to the NHL right now. Uh, schedules were unveiled last week, and I, the one schedule that sticks out, you know, besides the Bruins playing Montreal only three times this year, the Arizona Coyotes. And, and how on earth is this <laughs> league setting them up for any kind of success? And I understand it probably has to do with the arena being ready, but how can they set them up for any kind of success when they play 20 of their first 24 games on the road, which includes a 14-game road trip? I mean, just brutal. Yeah. No, it's awful. It's awful. And they're not going to have much of a home ice advantage anyway, even with their home. I'm, You know, so it's um... – yeah, it's it's not fair, and maybe and who knows what happened behind the scenes? Maybe maybe the Coyotes went to the league and said, "I we're just we can't promise that the arena is going to be in proper shape early in the season." And 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 it's and one, one good thing from Arizona's standpoint, they're not going to be good this season anyway. So it, it's almost a throwaway season to them. And 
I think they're building all the momentum. In the, I think they're looking maybe three years down the line when they build that new arena in Tempe. I think that's what they're kind of aiming for. So I think they're going to just basically play for the future at this point anyway. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 that's a, that's tough. I they're they're going to be their season's going to be over barely before it begins. So and it, it's it I feel bad for them in some ways, but then again, you're not talking about a team that was suspected to contend this season. Well, we saw what happened to the Islanders last year when they had uh, that kind of a, a road schedule to start the year, and you can imagine what would happen to a team that uh, really isn't on the same level as the Islanders talent-wise. Uh, let me ask you this, Mark. Do you do you still or do you currently have a, a son that goes to Arizona State? And if you do, I mean, does he talk about what the vibe is down there on campus? Uh, he hasn't started yet. He starts in August. Oh, so I see. Not, I see. Okay. Need position to know. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he, he he's hoping to go to games. I mean, the one bad thing about them playing at ASU is, uh, it's going to be harder to get tickets because just aren't that many seats, and so it may be a deal like here where the ticket prices are going to be high. Um, you know, all these years in in Arizona, the ticket price has been low, and so I don't. I think he's going to be down there in a time for where it's going to be like Golden Knights tickets prices. So I don't know how many games they're going to get to go to anyway, which is too bad since they're going to be right there. But I, I'm, I know he, he wants to go to some games, particularly when the Knights are in town. Yeah, well, of course, UNLV will be down there to play Arizona State, so he can go see that. Um, Mark, Summer League, yeah. Mark, Summer League has been, uh, again, I'm, I'm going to assume it's going to be an incredible success, has been for years. Do you wonder, or is this a matter of Seattle and Vegas going into the NBA at the same time? I mean, they've talked about expanding the NBA, and I just cannot see where any expansion would happen without Vegas being in the equation. Yeah, I think I think the next round of expansion will be Seattle and Las Vegas. I think it's a few years off. I don't think it's imminent. Um as far as the as far as actually beginning to play, because I do think I, I just have a hard time believing that that arena, the south end of the uh, south of the strip, is is going to be built without some sort of wink and nod that the team's coming here. I just really have a hard time believing that. Um, so I, I can see where the NBA didn't make any promises, but they probably gave enough indications to, to, to the Lawiki group that go forward with it and. Uh, Think good things will probably happen. Doesn't mean that the moment the arena opens that there's going to be a team playing, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not much longer. And who knows? It, it could be there could be an, uh, a team that moves too. So I could see that happening. Um, you know, the, the Pelicans have had their issues in New Orleans. I thought the Grizzlies were a prime candidate to move, but I don't think so anymore with with the resurgence there, with especially John Moran, such a spectacular player to watch. Um, but yeah, my my suspicion in a few years, both Seattle and Las Vegas will get expansion teams, and um, probably I don't know five to ten years down the road's my guess. And what happened to T-Mobile? Because if you go, I mean, you've been in the balls of T-Mobile, and there's clearly NBA locker rooms in there. And when this arena was built, uh, they said, "Hey, look, our goal is to fill this thing." as many dates during the year as possible and of course it's not filled uh, for a lot of dates i mean is the mgm group are they just kind of not as excited about the nba because i have not heard them come out and say hey wait a second we already have an arena built the goal was to get an nhl and an an nba team in this arena Uh, we're not just letting this thing go i I mean which way do you think that's going to go eventually yeah, in fact, if anything, they've been supportive in other arenas. Probably yes, supportive. yes. Uh, uh, but you know, you know, but you know, down behind the scenes, I'm, I can't believe they're happy with it because this is going to be competition for them. Um, you know, if there are going to be a lot of concerts that normally would be going to T-Mobile, are now going to go to this other arena, uh, especially if it's if they build something even nicer in T-Mobile. So I, I could see that and. I could see locals wanting to go to this other arena more because it's just easy, easier, easier access. to get to. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I I spoke to an MGM representative with a story I did about where the Las Vegas is on the verge of having too many arenas, and he was he was supportive and sort of gave me the you know the old thing. He didn't say it, these words, but it, it, it mounted him saying that you know rising tide lifts all boats, uh, which I don't really believe in this case, um, but. Um, you know, I, I I know the NBA wants teams to ha- wants their own 
teams have their own arenas they don't want to share with another team. Um, but there are so many big markets, and or just so many markets in general, where they do share. So I think I I can't imagine that that would have been a big obstacle to Las Vegas getting a team. Uh, but I do think this will, will help having another arena. I just there is a limit to how many arenas you can have, and you're seeing in some markets where, like Phoenix, it's been a real problem. I don't know how that arena Glendale is going to survive after the Coyotes leave, because they they don't have any much else there anyway. It's so far out of away from everything. Uh, South Florida's had some issues. Um, Minnesota, you got two arenas, and the only reason that hasn't been a big problem is because they're both heavily subsidized. Um, if they were privately built, I think you'd have a lot more issues there. Um, so I, you know, I just. Las Vegas is a unique market, and we're more able to support multiple arenas. Uh, but even Las Vegas has its limit, and, and I, we may soon see what that limit is. Yeah, and, and a good example of that, Mark, is really the Hard Rock Hotel, or what used to be the Hard Rock and is now the Virgin Hotel. And you could definitely see, with more venues being built, uh, although they still attract a, a fairly big names there, it's nothing like it used to be just because of the amount of options in this city and they were the ones that really got hurt by you know T-Mobile opening and uh, you know Planet Hollywood having their you know decision to kind of go towards the rock crowd and they've been hurt and I think eventually and I don't know how this fear thing is going to work out or who they're putting into it uh, but that's another venue you have to at least for the concert ticket that you have to think about I, I do think there gets to a point where somebody's going to get pushed out because they just can't get the quality of, of entertainment that they're used to getting. Yeah, I mean, you've already saw, seen it with the Thomas and Mack Center. That, oh, that, of course, great example. Spot. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, if you go if you go to the Thomas and Mack Center and you look at the pictures on the wall, there's some big names there, like U2 and, and Garth Brooks, Brooks and stuff like that. Yep. But it's like 20 years ago. You Elton know, all, John, all Billy like Joel. 20 years ago. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's like they're, they're, I mean, obviously, you know, the basketball still plays there, but they barely draw anybody. Uh, The NFR is really their big, their big uh, cash cow now. And and then they'll have other events like Disney and Ice and obviously the the Mountain West Tournament. But, uh, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for the NFR, that arena would really be struggling. And, And it used to be. That arena basically made made the uh, athletic department solve it, uh, but that's not really the case anymore. There was a time where the Thomas and Max sold the second most tickets in the country, next to Madison Square Garden. So that will tell you exactly where that has gone. Uh, Mark, thank you so much uh, for coming on. We appreciate your your time and your insights. Tell everybody what you're working on and where they can find it. Well, this this week I'll be at a summer league uh, Tuesday through Thursday, so I'm. Still not quite sure exactly what I'll be doing, but I'll be doing something out there. <laughs> uh, and then um, I'm just getting off vacation, so I'm still uh, nice. I have some couple story ideas I'm thinking about, but uh, I'm not sure uh, you know where we're going to be with those. But yeah, it's a couple things I'm I think would be really interesting. All right, well, Mark, thank you so much for your time, and we'll talk down the road. Sounds good, Dane. Thanks for having me on. All right, there he goes, Mark Anderson from the RJ. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll extend Sportsbook Radio a little bit into Vegas Hockey Hotline. Scott Braun from the MLB Network will join the show. 